Secure Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full informed investment decision. This is your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMV. Now, here's Joe Anderson and Big Al Clopine. Hey, welcome back. Uh, welcome back to the show. The show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. My name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner. I'm with Big Al Clopine. He's a CPA. The show's called Your Money, Your Wealth, right here on AM760 KFMB. Alan, I got this email, and it says, Attention retirees, if you have an IRA or 401k, you need to read this. Okay, got your attention. Is your IRA 401k at risk? Little known IRS loophole could protect your retirement from financial collapse if you act before April 15th, 2016. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. I regret to inform you that due to the irresponsibility of our government, everything you've saved in your IRA 401k could be at risk. Really? Okay. All right. Are you, do I have your attention? Yes, you got it. Fact. Our government has simply borrowed more than it can pay back and is now in more than $18.9 trillion in debt. That's over $158,276 per taxpayer. Fact. The total value of all IRAs and 401ks exceeds $23 trillion. Unfortunately, this means one of three things must happen. Washington must drastically cut spending and drastically increase taxes. That's number one. Okay. Do you agree with that? That's, that, is a str- that is a possibility. I be- I, yeah, okay. The government must systematically devalue our currency so they can pay it back on cheaper dollars. Okay. Well, that happens nor- naturally with inflation. The government could nationalize your retirement account for the purpose of repaying the national debt. Oh, and this doesn't even take in consideration the looming dangers of an increasing volatile stock market and the alarming and now ever-present threat of terrorism that could rock our economy at any time. Wow. What do you think is more realistic, the stock market going up 60% or the stock market going down 60%? Uh, or the long term, uh, up 60%. Click here to download your free IRS loophole report. <laughs> well, this is obviously sensationalism, but what, so what, what, what's he selling? What do you think? Take a guess. Annuities? Nope. Okay. Um, Close. Life insurance? Nope. Okay. Well, you can't buy life insurance inside your retirement account. True. Let me see. What, what could it be? Well, you know what? It could be either of those. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it could be... Um, what, what what do you think? Or I did, think it's gold. Or did you click on it? Oh, gold. Okay. Because. But if the government's going to confiscate your retirement accounts, it doesn't matter if it's invested in gold or anything else. Well, they're probably saying it's a self-directed IRA. Can't touch it. Can't touch it because it's gold. Because <laughs> we got special protection. Yes. That's the loophole. Uh, well, yeah. Um, yeah you or, could, you could it's, right. or it's or it could be um, taking money out of the retirement account. And putting it in your and putting it into the life insurance. Yeah. Because we've seen that strategy. We have, yeah. So, I mean, reading, I was like, wow. <laughs> this, is, I, this is good. This is good for the radio. 
Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Well, it's um, you got to be careful. Uh, because I, I mean, I talked about that that case last week, hypothetically. Yes. Where individual was fifty some odd years old, had a bunch of money in a retirement account, one point three million dollars, and the advice was to take money out of the retirement account, pay the tax and a penalty, and put it in uh, systematically monthly into a life insurance contract. Yes, you did bring up that one. Well, it's going to grow tax-free for you. Yeah. If he lives to like 100, if he dies, then the death benefit will be tax-free to the heirs. Right. Yeah, but, you know what? It, I, bet, I bet it could be that. I was just, I was, I was like, there's no loophole. Well, let's see. Let's, uh, let's kind of chat about this a second. So first of all, yes, we're $18 trillion in debt. That's awful. There's no, everyone knows that. It's terrible. Uh, but th- what economists do is they look at the amount of debt relative to the gross GDP. national pa- product, right? Yeah. GDP, gross domestic product. And or so, GNP, if, I yeah, suppose. GNP, GDP. We're not economists. I don't know. You can call us and tell us which one. <laughs> I don't know. Here's what I do know, though, is when you look at that ratio and us relative to many, in fact, most other developed countries, we're not in that bad of shape. Now, does that mean we can do nothing? Of course not. We need to work on this. We need to work on it big time. But you don't have to make drastic changes. All you really have to do is balance the budget first. And then secondly, get it to where you're actually paying down debt, right? And as the economy grows and inflation grows, it's just like paying off a mortgage. You eventually get it paid off. It's the same concept. Now, do our politicians, are they able to do that? N- not yet, not not really, but that's really the answer. I mean, you're gonna get some hate emails, I know, right? <laughs> you're gonna drastically cut expenses, drastically raise taxes. Well, yeah, that would put our country into a great depression. I don't think that's the right answer. I think most of us know that, but yeah, I mean, just speak these sensational things, just be careful. <sighs> that was a good one. Yeah. That had me going. Yeah. But um, there's a financial literacy quizzes that come out. We do, Remember that one we did a couple of weeks ago? Let's mm-hmm. see, you got another one, don't you? I do. Let's, I do have another one. This is from AARP. You want, you want to do it? Yeah, why don't you This one me. is actually... a couple of them. We got a couple minutes. Yeah, okay. All right. This is actually pretty relatively easy. Oh. However... Let's see if you guys can get this right, because we know that um, sometimes people don't really know as much as they think. Okay, what is an index fund? An index fund. Okay, here's your choices. A portfolio that uses complex investment strategies, such as derivatives, that try to beat the market. Okay. That's one of them. Number two, a tax-deferred retirement account. Number three, a mutual fund that buys and holds all of the stocks of a companies in a specific market, such as the S&P 500. Number four, a portfolio that contains bonds in different sectors of the market. Um, well, let's say if I have a total bond index fund, um, the last one could be right. It could be. Mm-hmm. Um, it also um, is a stocks in a particular area of the market, yes. such as the S&P. Can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could also be in your retirement account, too. Right, but it's not an index fund is not a tax deferred retirement account. It's not. It's an investment that you could put in one. That's another problem that people have too. Is that right? right. Well, here the Roth IRA. Well, what what does it pay? You know, well, no, it's not an investment. It's a shell that you can invest in anything you want. 
such as an index fund. That's right. Or an actively managed mutual fund or individual stock or a bond or CDs, cash. So did you guys get it right? It's a mutual fund that buys and holds all of the stocks of companies in a specific market, such as the S&P 500, which, by the way, index funds, Joe, they tend to have very low expense ratios. And what does that mean? That means that every single type of mutual fund that you have has costs associated with it because there's somebody there that has to buy and sell the stocks and all that sort of thing. Well, retail mutual funds, which is a trader and a whole team of analysts and others, they're trying to beat the market. They buy and sell, buy and sell, and they are expensive. And so they, who pays for that? Well, you do. It gets, it gets passed down into you in what's called an expense ratio. A lot of uh, retail mutual funds have an expense ratio of a percent or more, meaning that if, you were, if the investments earn 7%, you only earn 6% because 1% went to them. Now, an index fund, like the S&P 500 index fund, let's say Vanguard, what is it, Joe, like 0.12 or 0.15? I mean, For the S&P, probably 0.01. Yeah, really low. I mean, you're looking at large company U.S. domestic stocks. It's pretty cheap to bundle yes, that up. To, yeah, right. So if you had you know, emerging markets, smaller companies, Companies, value companies, things like that. That's where you get a little bit um, more expensive. But you know, if you're thinking of an investment, uh, the most important investment you can make is an investment you make in yourself, um, and that's with education and information. Got to take another break. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth, right here on AM seven sixty KFMB. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio seven sixty KFMB. Welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Uh, my name is Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner with Big Al Clopine. He's a CPA. Go to purefinancial.com. Uh, we're taking a quiz here. Yeah, Al's is... giving me a quiz, but c- give me some meat. A harder one? These aren't very hard. but um, What look. was the average score of this? Uh, I, it didn't say. Oh. I, but I would guess from other tests like this, probably 50%, 60%, if that. Anyway, here's one. If you were born in or after 1960... At what age can you collect full Social Security retirement benefits? 65, 66, 67, 68. 66. Incorrect. What's it? <laughs> you were listening. If you, <laughs> Come on. What are you talking if, about? If you were born in or after. Oh, after 1960, 1960. 67. Sorry, yes. 67. Yes. I, I know. You are the, just did a webinar. <laughs> 67. Like it's, oh, whatever. Yeah, whatever. But, 67 is your full retirement age if yeah. you're born in 1960 or later. So some people say, well, Social Security, it's, it's bankrupt. I'm going to lose. You know what they did a few years ago? They, they increased the retirement age from 66 to 67. No, it was 65 to 67. To 65 to 67? Yes. And that was 65 to 66, and then later 66 to 67. It's well right now. The full retirement age is sixty six and some months and sixty seven. Yes, right. So it, anyway, it's indexed to sixty six to sixty seven. Whatever. Here, here's my point. Because Medicare, <laughs> when can you claim Medicare? Sixty five. Yeah. So okay. Medicare and Social Security was both at age sixty five. Oh, I agree with that. And but, then, but they, I think OBRA, Omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act. I think that was signed in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, here, here's the point. <laughs> the point is they'll increase it again to 68 at some point and then to 69. That's how Social Security will remain solvent. My Social Security benefits, I will be able to claim them at, at 75. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But the new 40, what, the 40 is the new 20 and 60 is the new 40. Yeah, right. Okay, how about this one? 
Which of these poses a big threat to your retirement security? Okay. Inflation? Yes. Investment ups and downs? Yes. Outliving your financial resources? Yes. All of the above. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Did you get that right? Did, oh, they didn't have none of the above? No, or they should have. A, B? Yeah. A, B? I told you these are easy. Oh, but still, you know, we go over this because a lot of people don't know, right? A lot, a lot of people don't know. All of these are big threats. And when you think about inflation, and maybe you can sort of throw taxes into that. I mean, a lot of people don't think about inflation right. or taxes when they do their retirement plan. There's a fine line, Al, when it comes to investing. It's like protecting your purchasing power, right? And then pr protecting your principal. Right. And so you got to be somewhere on the spectrum here. And if I want to protect my, print, uh, my, my principal, all right, so then people are too conservative. Right. And they're not protecting their purchasing power. Because if you look at it, people that retired 20 years ago, right, they weren't, um, you know, um, their income. Let, let's say, um, what's, what's a good example here? Um, gasoline. Okay. And I don't know the exact, but 20 years ago, I think a gallon or, you know, the, was maybe a buck. Yeah, or 30 years ago or something. Right. And then now it's, what, here in San Diego? Three bucks and it's about three. I, I I got mine for two fifty five yesterday. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, the oil is like uh, people are watering their lawns with oil because it's cheaper that's, than water right that's, now. That's, yeah, that's the in new San cocktail. Diego. It's like we got a water shortage. All right, honey, we'll go to the gas station. Let's shower up with some diesel. You know what? That's why my lawn doesn't look very good. Right, I know. I tried it. Yeah, my lawn's just full of rocks now. It's perfect. No Everything weeds. Everything died. No weeds. <laughs> Oh, but I mean, if you think about it, I mean, certain things have increased a couple hundred percent. Right. People's income has not increased by a couple hundred percent because the problem with retirement is that, right, you, you reach your peak earning years, right? Right. And then the income stops and then it's up to you to create your own retirement income then for the next 20 years. Right. So you have to keep pace of inflation. But when people retire... They are short-sighted in some instances where they're not necessarily thinking about what's going to happen 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. It's like, all right, I'm retired. I don't want to lose any money, so let's go all in cash. Or CDs, money markets, short-term bonds, Very common like mistake. Very, very conservative. And I get it. I, I mean, I think we believe that preservation of capital should be your number one goal as you approach retirement. But preservation of capital means preservation of your um, your, your purchasing power. Yeah, that's. I think that's a really good way to say it. You got two risks, right? Preservation of capital, I mean, or, or two goals, but the other one is preservation of purchasing power. And that is a tendency of a lot of people is to go maybe way too conservative. Because what do they say? They say, well, uh, Joe, Al, you don't understand. I'm, I'm not working anymore. I don't have time to make up these losses. I, I get it. I get it. So here's maybe a little simple formula. When you look at your cash flow needs and you figure out you got to pull $30,000 from your portfolio each and every year, well, maybe multiply that by five or even 10 years. Let's go 10 years. Okay. 10 years times 30,000, that's $300,000. Maybe you ought to have some real safe money in that $300,000, but invest the other in the market so that you can stay ahead of inflation. Right. I mean, that's what it boils it, down you, to. You know, the problem is, is, is that, all right, well, here, I don't want to lose money, but I don't want to, but I'm losing money if I don't invest it. So, okay, well, what's the answer? Well, it's a sensible investment strategy. Right. That's geared on your cash flow needs. Right. So that 30000 per year is your income needs. So you want to make sure that that money is still growing a little bit, but it, it has to be liquid. 
you don't want to lock it up either. You know, so if someone will say, here, well, here's a very safe investment, then they might sell you an annuity that you right. can only pull out a certain percentage out of it. No, right. you want to stay liquid. You have to be liquid in your strategy because things will change in your life. Things will change in the stock market. Things will change in the tax code. I mean, just think about, I mean, if you could imagine if your retirement game plan, right, was no longer just about a number. Right or just about your investments. Imagine if you could fill in all the gaps and have all of the answers to a rock solid retirement game plan that covered everything from A to Z. Imagine what kind of confidence that would bring. And what Al and I have found is that confidence right, makes you do the right things. Okay, Overconfidence will probably make you do the wrong things. You just wanna be confident in your particular strategy, understand what's going on. Got to take another break. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth right here on AM760 KFMB. Now back to Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. My name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner. I'm with Big Al Clopine. He's a CPA. Happy Saturday to you all. March Madness coming right around the corner there. Oh, it is. Uh, Selection Sunday, right? Very excited. Yes. Very excited. Are you going to Vegas? No, not this time. Don't you usually go? I yeah, I'd say I'd say two out of every three years I go for March Madness. That it's really fun. It's uh, it's crowded though. You have to be ready for the crowds. Yeah, but that's also what makes it fun. I've never been to Vegas on uh, March Madness. Yeah, you would like it, I think. I like to stay at home, watch all the games <laughs> on my TV. Yeah, but so here's the thing: you go to uh, a bar or a sports book, and they got eight games going on at one time. Well, you just got to get eight TVs, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah. And I, I'm not a big gambler, but some of my friends they'll they'll place bets, and not, here I'll just give them twenty bucks or forty bucks, and here I'll just be in whatever you do. That's fine. Yeah, right. And then they come back and tell me what I bet on, and they, <laughs> there's these crazy things like the first team to get to fifteen, that's a bet, right? So oh. we we seem to do that one, and then of course the team to win. I mean that's a, that's an obvious bet, but there's all kinds of different ways I guess that you can bet. No, I just flip the channels. And then because it's cool when you watch, I like to watch it on TV because what happens is that, you know, if, if another game's more exciting. Yeah, you switch over. Th- I mean, they'll flip it automatically. Right, right. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, I, I don't want to miss anything. Yeah. And if I'm just stuck trying to look at 18, no. Well, perfect. see, but here's why that's fun, though, is there'll be like four, five, six games going on at one time, and everyone's watching different games, and you'll hear this cheering, and then you look over at this other game, and then you watch that one for a while, and then everyone's cheering at this one, and you switch over to that. That's ex- very exciting. Very exciting. March Madness. <laughs> um, what? Are, we got any more on these little quiz questions there? Yeah, this is AARP, Quiz uh, Test Your Retirement Planning Smarts. Joe, this is one that you will get in your sleep. All right. What is the difference between a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA? Hmm. And you can just say, I got four choices. You can say yes or no as we go through these, because I know you won't remember if I do all four. <laughs> so here's the first one. You don't have to pay taxes on money you take out of a traditional IRA. That's false. That's correct. That is false. Unless it's an after-tax contribution. Well, you always have like... Like right? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> well, I mean, if I have an after-tax contribution, I'm not going to get double-taxed on that. You're unless... Right. 
I didn't file an 8606 form yeah. on the overall tax return because then you don't know what your basis is, yeah. and then you're going to have to figure out what your basis is. So if you do have after-tax contributions in an IRA, make sure you file 8606 with your tax return. Yeah, very important. And and actually, th- this just came up this last week. Uh, someone had forgot to file their 8606. And so there's two choices. One is you can just simply file it the following year, but if you're more conservative, you can actually prepare an amended tax return, even though it doesn't affect your current year taxes, and just say, I'm filing it to add the Form 8606, which I forgot. And then you've attached to that amended return. That's perfectly acceptable. What happens if I have made an after-tax contribution several years ago? Okay. I could go back and file that if I have records. Correct? Oh, you could. Yeah, I would just, I would just, just do it on your current return. Current return. Yeah, just I, filed yeah, a- that's what I would do. Yeah, so anyway, so going back to our question, what is the difference between a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA? You are correct on the first one. Here's the the second possibility. You don't have to pay taxes on money you take out of a Roth IRA. You do not have to pay taxes on a money that comes out of a Roth IRA. Yes, Um, so that's true. If you qualify. There's a million exceptions. Well, you have to qualify. There's (laughs) five-year clocks, right? There's 59 and a half? Come on. This test was designed for people that don't know all these things. So here's the next one. You already got the right answer. Here's the next one. You can withdraw money from a traditional IRA at any time without penalty. Traditional IRA? No. You have to be 59 and a half or dis- uh, there's disability, first-time home purchase. Sure. You know, there's things, some yeah. exceptions there. Yeah, uh, I think but for the educational thing. Yes. Yeah. But for the most part, <laughs> educational thing. So I don't know. Just Whatever. Like, just like, look at the list. Go, yeah. go to the I'm, I'm going to say it really kind of mumbly. So. <laughs> because I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know the exact rules. I think it's 10,000 bucks, but it could be 20. You got some educational thing. <laughs> Called on the mat on that one. Okay, here's your last choice. You can withdraw money from a Roth IRA at any time without penalty. Um, well, yes, you can. No, not at any time. Sure, you can. well, hear me out. <laughs> okay. You got is it a contribution or is it a conversion? It didn't say. Contributions. They're blending them together. All right. Contributions have FIFO tax treatment. Yes. First in, first out. So let's say you're thirty five years old and you make a contribution to a Roth IRA. You have access to that money at any time, any age, no matter what. No taxes, no penalties. I agree with that. You can always pull the money out. So if you're 40, if you're 50, if you're, there's no age limitation, right? If you put a contribution into a Roth IRA, you always have access to the money. It's first in, first out. There's no taxes because it's already been taxed. The earnings, the growth, the interest, the dividends, whatever that, that investment that you chose, if it has grown in value, the value that it has grown to has to season inside that Roth IRA for five years or until you turn 59 and a half, whichever is longer. So if you are under 59 and a half, you can always have access to the contributions that you put into a Roth IRA. You cannot touch the earnings, the growth, the dividends, or whatever you want to call it in the Roth until you turn 59 and a half or five years, whichever is longer. Yeah, and that's the key, longer. So if you're 65 years old and you never had a Roth IRA and you invest some money in a Roth IRA this year, you can always take out the distri- or your contribution. But if it grows, you have to wait until age 70 if you are 65. So that's five years, right? Five years or 59 and a half, whichever is longer. Right. So the five-year clock starts with the first dollar that was ever invested in a Roth IRA. So any subsequent investment that you make in any other Roth IRA, that five-year clock started with the first Roth you started. If you have not opened up a Roth for 2015, last year, you still have time. You have a month, four weeks about, right? Just right. about maybe a month and a half. 
Five weeks? What's uh, the date today? The 10th? Yeah, it's the, uh, it's the 12th, I think. 12th? Something yeah. like that? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So you got till April 15th. Please put money into a Roth IRA. There's several ways to do it. You can do a Roth IRA conversion. So if you don't qualify for a direct contribution, put money into a non-deductible IRA and then convert it. You have to uh, abide by the pro rata rules and aggregation rules. But, I mean, maybe you just put a couple hundred dollars, a couple thousand bucks and pay a couple extra dollars in tax. It starts your five-year clock. If um, if you don't want to make a contribution, if you have other qualified monies, make a conversion of a small amount. That will start the five-year clock. I'm telling you if, you, if you qualify for contributions, please make your contributions for 2015 prior to April 15th. So you still have time. Yes. Exactly. Well said. And and boy, when you and I'll read this question again. What's the difference between a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA? And the best answer is you don't have to pay taxes on money you take out of a Roth IRA. And if you don't know that, this is a big deal. This imagine if some of your retirement dollars that you take out of your retirement accounts is 100% tax free, because money out of an IRA 401k you got to pay taxes on it just like income. If you've got some money in a Roth IRA and you want to be working on it right now while you're working, or let's say you just retired and it's before you have to take your required minimum distributions at age 70 and a half, your income is lower maybe right now. You're in low enough brackets where conversions will make a ton of sense. You got to be thinking about this stuff and it's all about taking control of your taxes that really is the key because you a lot of people don't believe they have any control over their taxes they just think well i guess that's the taxes i have to pay it's it's not true you have more control over how much you pay in taxes in retirement than any other time in your life if you just understand the strategies but your stockbroker, your financial advisor, even your CPA don't really understand how to lower your taxes in retirement because it's not really their expertise. The only way to lower your taxes is by having a forward-looking tax-efficient strategy. All right, we got to take another break, um, and then we'll come back and, uh, what, wrap this thing up. That's right. The show's called Your Money, Your Wealth, right here on AM760 KFMD. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMD. Welcome back to the show. The show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson, Big Al Clothline, hanging on on a Saturday. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, go to purefinancial.com, Pure Financial. Get a lot more information about us, our firm, things we do, and how we do it. Less than half of pre-retirees consider themselves in good health. Less than half. Less than half. Wow, that's too bad. Pre-retiree Americans fear that poor health could derail their retirement savings, particularly um, as they age and face higher health care costs. More than three-quarters, 76% of Americans view poor health as potentially the largest barrier to savings. Hmm. I'm a pre-retiree, and the biggest barrier for me not to save is poor health down the road? Does that make any sense to you? No, because you're saving now, and the poor health down the road is later. And you probably need to have those savings to make sure that you can get better. When you think so? Hey, uh, Joe, related to that, I got another question from this AARP, and this one is not widely known. Approximately how much money can a retired person on Medicare expect to spend on health care each year? So, um, I'm sorry. Approximately how much money can a retired person on Medicare expect to spend on health care each year? Each year. And here's your choices. All right. 3000 bucks, 5000 bucks, 7000 bucks, 9000 bucks. Seven. 
good guess. It's actually five. But still, a lot of people think they're on Medicare. They don't have any health care expenses anymore. Yeah. And they're still spending $5,000. How could that possibly be? Well, guess what? Medicare, first of all, doesn't cover everything. That's why there's supplemental policies, and those can be expensive. And but even those... you still got co-pays. you got That's all right. sorts of That's right. All things. of that stuff, right? Well, and if you take a look, what, it's got to be more than that, because if you look at the fidelity studies... Well, right. well, and what do they say? Uh, an average couple of sixty-five years of age will spend over two hundred fifty thousand dollars in um, additional they, they do. health benefits. I actually think you're seven or even nine is probably closer because let's, well, I'm, we're in the practice of helping people. Yeah. we know the cost. Yeah, right. Because yeah, Fidelity. Last one I saw said two hundred twenty thousand, and it's been as high as two hundred forty thousand for a married couple sixty-five. Let's just say they live twenty years, right? Twenty years. Uh, that's ten thousand a year. Well, no, maybe that's right. That's ten thousand a year. Per couple, five thousand per person. Could be. Could be. Yeah. Look at how. Look at us. How we do math on the fly there. <laughs> Ten years. You, you know, I was five thousand. I, I was just in a case. Forty. in a case design with uh, our our new people in our planning department and and some other departments, and I go over these cases, and it's I just throw out this stuff, and one of our new planners named Ashley, she just said, Al, I don't know how you do these numbers so quickly in your head. And I just said, well, if you think about it, it's not that hard, right? What what gets people all messed up is they 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 don't have enough confidence, right? And just basic math, right? But if if you got like for example, we had uh, we had someone that had the pretty you know pretty good. They had a couple million dollars, right? And um, and they needed they needed about you know they I forget what they needed. Let's just say seventy thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and so. I go, what, what do you think that distribution rate is? And everyone's pulling out their calculator. And I say, come on, that's 3.5%. Three three how yeah. do you not know that? They go, well, how do you do that? Well, <laughs> you just cut it in half, a million. Right, cut it in half is exactly right. right. Two million, cut it in half is a million. million. So cut the 70 and a half, that's 35,000. That's now you know it's 3.5%. Right. You just got to make it. You just got to make the easy the numbers easier for you to do easy math. That's right. There's, and then you just I have to add back up. Right. Yeah, we should be math teachers. We should. The new math. But we, yeah, we can tell you because here <laughs> now we'll tell you one of our secrets. Right, is like we're in meetings with clients and we can tell them just like that what they need to do and what the numbers are and they go, how do you, how can you do well, that? I just met you. 15 minutes ago. Well, we first of all we do this for a living each and every day, but we understand mathematics, right? We don't have to have calculators to do this. It's not that hard. It's key to understand the few basics in life, and mathematics is is one of them. Yes, right, right. Uh, Well, at least in our occupation. Um, Here's some more findings for you, Al. 42% of pre-retirees consider themselves to have good health for their age. 61% eat a healthy diet. 59% have a regular medical checkup. Only 59% have a regular medical checkup. Yeah, that's... 33% 33% take uh, pre, uh, pre, 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 prescription. Oh, my God. I can't, I'm tired. <laughs> Preventative. Oh, my God. I know math, but I can't spell or read. <laughs> that's, that's their problem. He's, Joe's got the right answer, but he can't communicate it. <laughs> what, oh my what it means. God. Here's the three and a half percent. What does that mean? Uh, oh, my God. Anyway, whatever. So interesting to say the least is that um, you gotta stay healthy. You gotta stay healthy. You gotta go for a walk. Go for a jog. You do. I I went for a hike on uh, Friday morning with uh, Mike Bernier. Six mile hike, and still got to work before nine o'clock. You're the man. How about that? And I and and he he lives out in Poway, and I live in Carmel Valley, 
which is very difficult to get to. So I, I asked Mike, is it okay if I shower at your house? Why don't you just spend the night? And he, <laughs> he looked at me kind of funny. Uh, you want to shower at my house? Uh. I said, well, yeah, if it's okay. Anyway, I made very good friends with Grant. Oh, his, his, uh, his three, child. His three-year-old son. We played Thomas the Tank Engine. There you go. Yeah. Top 10 list that Bankrate uh, came up with for the best places to uh, live um, in retirement. Okay. What do you think? Well, are these big towns or the little best towns? states for retired people? Are the best states. The best states. Florida states. is a popular place for retirees, but a new survey doesn't include it in the top ten places to settle down. Really? Let's see. I'm going to say is Wyoming because no, that's that's good for taxes. That's wow. not good for health. They are number one. Wyoming. They're number one. Look at South that. South Dakota. Look at that. Colorado, Utah, Virginia, Montana, Idaho, Iowa, Arizona, Nebraska. Not California. The bottom 10 list includes some pretty popular states. New York, California. New York, Louisiana, Alaska, and Hawaii. Oh, that's that doesn't bode well for me. Yeah, I know. But I, I'm telling you this. I am not going to move to South Dakota. <laughs> I was born and raised in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So these, these... I've been to South Dakota. These analysis, they don't really consider weather much, do they? I am not going to move to Iowa. You're not. No, I'm not. Because wouldn't, I, wouldn't you like to live on a little, have a little plot of land, grow some corn or something? No, no. Um, Wear overalls. Wyoming. I've never been to Wyoming, but it, like, isn't that big sky? Big sky. It's. Uh, it, it, I would say I've not been to Montana or Wyoming either. Been to Montana actually two or three times, and it's beautiful. I think I'd like to go to Idaho. Yeah, Idaho's beautiful. Yeah, Boise. That's a really cool place. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm. So. Yeah, okay. But the, but still, it's the weather, right? And you kind of want to get away from the snow of Minnesota? Yes. Yes. My mother, Ruthie. Yes. Finally, the countdown is over. It's oh, been really? about two and a half months she's been living with me. That's pretty long. She's yep. leaving on Thursday. Oh, on Thursday. Okay. St. Yeah. Patty's Day. Oh. I'm going to come in a little hungover on Friday. That's it. <laughs> Because I'm celebrating. You're dropping mom <laughs> off. So are you telling me I'm going to be, um, I'll probably, you'll probably be in terrible shape for Saturday. I'm going to be doing the radio show by myself? Uh, no, I'll be fine. I get up at 5.30 Friday mornings. Yeah, you exercise too. Yeah, so. You're actually even better than I am. Yeah, but you know, I'm in my 40s. I still have my mother come stay with me. I'm single. Yeah. Two and a half months? It's like... <laughs> Enough already. Now, maybe if you got married and had kids, you know, she could she could handle about a week. Oh yeah, I got to figure something out. You yeah, know, I got a nice house. Better get hurried. You know? yeah, hurry up she, here. she loves just hanging out in Southern California. Wait, you got what? You got four bedrooms? Five. Five, and it's just you. Yeah. Of course she'd. Come. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna rent, rent them, them out, out. just to like to. Sorry, hooligans. sorry, mom. <laughs> Could just there's, have just a there's pack no rooms. of just rustless people in there. Mom, I got roommates. <laughs> Meet Stan, like, like Harley, you know, like yeah, right. Hell's Angels. Um, <laughs> I get to see it. I'm gonna um, rent out a room with one of your old tenants that oh. parked his motorcycle in your yes, in I, your condo. I, yeah, I'll, I'll introduce you. That was a while ago. <laughs> Uh, all right, we got to wrap it up, but I want to just let you guys know that the most important investment you can make, since this is an investment financial planning show, is an investment you make in yourself. All right, have a wonderful weekend, everyone. We'll be back again next week. Same time, same place. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth, right here on AM 760 KFMB.